welcome to a new podcast where we're breaking through and breaking it down with a new girl, your host, Dawn Piercy. Welcome to Big Dog's Corner, exclusively on a new podcast. My name is Dawn Piercy. I am your host with co-host... Mariano Big Dog. Yes, and tonight we are bringing you, we have a very special guest. We are bringing you Greg... Kajja Patchul. He is an MMA fire. He is a man behind the design of the octagon, which has a lot of history behind it. Okay. Um, uh, it's being used in the UFC today, and he is also an actor uh, from the past, and he is known for his work on Future War, Shoot Fighter, Fight to the Death, and Entre el Poder y el Deseo. Greg, it's great to have you on Big Dog's Corner. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Well, good, good. Now, I've got to ask you um, about the Octagon, of course. I know that its history, uh, the controversy surrounding it. um, And I read a piece when I was doing my research, an article from ESPN, and um, changing the shape of the of fighting. And I, I know right. that you had designed it first, so can you please tell us the story behind it, um, if that's not yeah. too much to ask? And, and is everything okay now? Where's things at now, so people know? Yeah, yeah. The Octagon, I created the Octagon back in 1992, and if you go on my website, CSAC, lmao.com you can hear all see all the true story of me getting the first mma license creating the octagon uh how i made the octagon legal in las vegas nevada mm-hmm. but the first thing is in 1992 and stuff i wanted to do a show they were doing shoot fighting back in the day back in 1991 and 90 in japan mm-hmm. and uh I uh, had a partner and I wanted to do similar to that where the fighters wear those Kempo gloves and they do the kicking, boxing, and then, uh, you know, three ranges and then ground fighting and with the gloves. And and uh, so I got these investors and they invested about 100000 and we created the octagon. The reason why I designed the octagon is because you couldn't get pinned in the corner. Right. If it was square, you could, yeah, if it was square, they got pinned in the corner. All my partners, they said, no, there's still a boxing ring and you just try to sell. And I go, I won't sell. And like if the first UFC was in a boxing ring, I don't think it would be where it's at today. The Octagon had a lot to do with making it, you know, wow, something different. Right, absolutely. So I I was going to do a show, but the Athletic Commission, the last minute, they came down and he said you couldn't do it. So what I did was it's called, uh, you know, like a half shoot or a, a staged event, but I changed all the characters names and said their style was Kempo. I put the Kempo kid. Their style was uh, you know, something other different style. I gave them a different name. And I just wanted to pull this off to show that this will work. So I did my show February of nineteen ninety three in Irvine. It was called Cage of Rage. Hoist Gracie came, Art Davy came. A lot of people came to my show and they saw the event, but you know, it's kinda of nice. I was on the front page of uh, the Los Angeles Times, Orange County. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a whole bunch of media coverage and, and it showed it. 
But if you go on my website and you see that Cage Combat Media, you see all the news I got. I got Channel 7, Channel 9, Channel 4. When I started doing them for real, and in 1997, where it was called Pancreation with no head strikes plus open hand strikes. And the reason why I did that was to get away from having to go to the athletic commission. They didn't want nobody they doing it. So I uh, wanted to do something where I can get away with it. And it was really hard. But the Octagon, this is called, there's so much, to, this whole story about the Octagon MMA. But the Octagon is just, you go figure, uh, February of 1993, I did the first show in the Octagon. Mm-hmm. And UFC wasn't until November of 93. So I was the first one to ever use the Octagon. And uh, then the UFC did, did their show. They really didn't make no money on their show. They didn't even want to go partners with us. Because mm-hmm. they lost their, they lost a lot of money, and then Seg bought them and took it over. That Art Davy talked everybody into selling it, and Seg took it over. And the only one who got a job was Art Davy. Oh. And they were doing it, but they were doing no holds barred in HP. Okay. And uh, when I was trying to put the, I wrote the rules. You had to make the sport a sport. So when I was putting the rules through in 1999. And with the California State Athletic Commission, it got all approved, and I got the first license in 2000. You can see all the proof on my website. Everything I say, just go to my website and you see all the proof. But it got approved in uh, 2000, and I told them, don't call it NHB. They said, what should we call it, NHB or MMA? And this is Rob Lynn. She was an executive officer for the California State Athletic Commission. I said, you got to call it MMA, which is mixed martial arts. Right. If you don't call it mixed martial arts, you're not going to get sponsors. You're not going to get this, and you're not going to get that. If you call it NHB, you ain't going to sell it. So they called the name MMA. Okay. But I had, pay-per- I had pay-per-view. I had Endeavor. You know, the company that bought the UFC for $4, million, $4 billion. Mm-hmm. A guy named Sean Perry, he came to me first. And uh, he wanted to put me on Channel 13. So, but they said I got to get it approved in Vegas. Well, pr- Vegas wasn't going to approve it because, um, you know, uh, it was, uh, or Fertitta was an athletic commissioner of Vegas. Mm-hmm. So they weren't going to approve it because he wanted to buy the old UFC. So they went bankrupt, belly up, and they couldn't do it. So they sold for $2 million to Fertitta's. And then all of a sudden, in 2001, they made it legal. And I went out. That was at all these meetings. And mm-hmm. then, see, what happened was I told Vegas, if you don't make this sport legal, I'm going to come out there and you're going to have to arrest me. So they called me up and they said, hey, Kasha, can you come out here and help us write the rules for me in Vegas? And I said, sure, to make it legal because I had pay-per-view. And pay-per-view says they won't get it on television unless Nevada approves it. So I went to Vegas to help approve the MMA in Nevada. Okay. Oh, oh, what can what can you tell me about the style known as the Hawaiian art of bone breaking? Oh, the Hawaiian art. Yeah. Well, I I studied the martial arts. I studied lua. I studied the uh, numerous. I got black belts in ten systems. You know, I was like the only white guy in the Black Party Federation back in the day, and I studied from <laughs> so many numerous people. You know, I, my whole life has been in the martial arts. And I studied the Hawaiian arts, and I studied a lot of people uh, that I mixed, worked out with with Lima Lama and Lua, and uh, I just 
was putting it out, everything together. So now what I really do is I just call it MMA because I blend in everything. What's your favorite style? Well, there's really, right now, there's no such thing as style or system. What it is is ranges. There's only one way to kick, so I teach all the proper kicking techniques. Okay. There's only one way to box, and there's only one way to trap, and there's only one way to grapple. So technically, it shouldn't be a style or system or name. MMA is is ranges. Okay. You know, it's kicking, it's boxing, it's trapping, it's grappling. So I teach the four ranges of combat. But right now, the sport has evolved so much because of, you know, the octagon and the mm -hmm. MMA. And technically, I really don't want to call it style. The same thing as Bruce Lee really never wanted to tag Jeet Kune Do because, you know, it's always got to change. It always has to change. So right. that's why I like calling it right now. I just like calling it MMA or I call it pancreation. Okay. Now, Mariano fought for you, and another a new guest fought for you, too, Mariano, told me about Maverick Von Hogg. Um, do, you, do you still have shows going on? No, not not recently. You know, Maverick fought in my show. Chuck Liddell fought in my show. Cheater Cheese fought in my show. Rampage. Uh, uh, everybody fought in my show. Jake Shields fought in my show when he was underage. Uh, yeah, I had everybody really fought in my show because I was the only one doing the show back in the day. You know, they would try to shut me down, but, you know, I knew how to beat it. And I was the only, was the only one doing the shows, right? And I was doing them at the LA Entertainment Center, and I was mm -hmm. doing them in San Pedro at Dancing Waters. Okay. No, and, I, and I did them for... I, you know, I put a hold on it. I got some people that want to do it, but you, you wouldn't believe what we went through to make this, you know. And, you know, what happened was when Cortitas took over the sport in 2001, it was legal in California in 2000, then they banned it. Oh. And so the only one who was doing it was Nevada. And uh, uh, they got full control of television, and then they, they, they didn't make it legal again until 2006, until it was... Uh, you know, approved they they because until they got full control of television. But MMA was approved in 2000. It was it went through with office office administrative law in 2000, mm -hmm. and I put all the proof up on my website. It shows that it went through the office administrative law. It shows I got the first license. Shows everything. I paid for a license. And if it wasn't legal in 2000, then why did they take my money and everything? Right. And then right. why was I doing shows? Right. So. MMA got approved in California in 2000, way before UFC in 2001. And, and, and really, I went out there to make it approved. But then they said they weren't going to allow the octagon in Vegas. Here's what happened. The senator, they were going to approve it. They said, you're going to have to use a boxing ring. And then uh, Mark Ratner called me. He was hired by the UFC. He worked for the Athletic Commission. Kirk Hendricks was a deputy attorney general. He was hired. The UFC hired all the deputy attorney generals and all the commissioners to work for them. So they call me up and they say, can you help us make the octagon legal in Nevada? And I said, sure, I'll help you make it. So I wrote all the governors and senators, the reason why I created the octagon, the reason why you should use it for the sport, because mm -hmm. there's takedowns, you got a boxing ring, they're gonna go out and hurt people in the audience. Right, right. And it's for the safety of, I said, it's for the safety of the fighter. I said, you can't get pinned in the corner and on and on and on. And I told them exactly how to approve the octagon, and they approved it. Then they mm -hmm. came to me and they said, "Hey, we're going to let you UFC use the octagon because they got the uh, copy, the trademark for it for octagon." 
And I go, I got the first and used copyright. So I sent that to them. Mm-hmm. And then I got a call from uh, the offices of Fertitas, the UFC, they called me on my home phone. And they said, you planning to sue us? And I go, uh, possibly in the future. They go, no, you, we're billionaires. We're going to squash you. And they did. They banned it in California. I lost all my big investors. And I just had to do the, I did the shows still. You know, I just kept on doing right. shows. And, and uh, they wouldn't touch me because I was doing the pancreation style. Man. That's rough. You, you I wouldn't am believe sorry this, this, to hear this, that. This story, this, yeah, this story can go like crazy. If you go on that, my website mm-hmm. and you read the Endeavor story. I did. You read my, yeah, you read my arrest. Uh, yeah. You know, I had, pe- I had people knocking on the back of my house that they're going to kill me and burn all my records. I, you read all that and everything. I have all the proof on that. If you read, read my arrest and you read all that stuff, what I went through to, to make this score legal. And then, and one of the reasons what they're not going to make this score legal, they didn't want MMA. They wanted jujitsu. California State Athletic Commission wanted to regulate jujitsu. And in 2000, they banned jujitsu and judo. What? And my main focus... What? Yeah, it was banned. It was it was made illegal. They said it was a blood sport, and they said there's chokeholds or full contact, joint manipulations, and that's how they got the injunction on me. And you'll see that on my website. And see, it shows the injunction. That's what I started. They put out an injunction. In, was those? Yeah, they did the jujitsu. They put an injunction on me for jujitsu for doing a chokehold, just to get me out. And they, and the attorney general, his name was Earl Plowman. He lied in court, and he changed all the information for that. And uh, he got the injunction on me, but my attorney says, keep on doing your shows. And, you know, they got to really pull you 100% guilty and you're not guilty. So I just kept on doing my shows, even I had an injunction. But what they wanted to, so you imagine if you do an MMA event, you only have 10 fighters or 12 fighters that have to get licensed. But if you do a jujitsu tournament, you have to get 300 people to get a license. What? And then you have to get judges and referees, right? So what they wanted to do, they wanted to register. They wanted to regulate jujitsu, and I fought. But see, I was lucky. I caught it because I was always going to the meetings and I was always reading up on stuff. Mm-hmm. And I caught them trying to put it through senators to get through legislature. And I contacted these senators, which were judo. One was a judo guy, and I started blasting everything, and I was faxing everything. And I was going to the FBI, and I was going to everything. And I saved jujitsu from being regulated. So if it was regulated right now, every single jujitsu school would have to pay a tax, and every uh, person would have to be registered to the state to compete in jujitsu. And there'd that's be one deep. organization running it. That's really deep. Yeah, that, that's what I really fought for. You know Maybe what? My partner said because what they told me, they told me they said, "Hey, Kaji, if you give up jujitsu, we'll give you the first license in California." And then I wouldn't give up jujitsu. I, I, I would not give up jujitsu to get it regulated. And my partner said, man, come on, we'll have the first license. And I said, no, I'm not going to give up jujitsu. And they were saying, and I go, here's what they were saying. I go, why is jujitsu full contact? You got Nuwaza and judo and judo does the same thing as jujitsu, you know, the old judo. Mm-hmm. And they, and then I sent them books of Kano. I sent them everything showing the proof of it. And they said, oh, well, jujitsu is on the ground longer than judo, so far there's full contact. And I go, what? And then he says, well, there's takedowns in jujitsu, that's why it's full contact. I go, wrestling and judo have takedowns, and it's not full contact. Yeah, and a death hold. (laughs) Yeah, so 
you know, I was, they called it, they called, you know, I got all the proof. They said they have it, and I, you know, my documents, it shows that they called it a blood sport. They called it where uh, joint manipulation is full contact, and they changed everything, and they tried to regulate. Their main goal was to regulate jujitsu and judo. And up until 2006, they kept on saying it was full contact. They really wanted to get it, and I kept on fighting. Finally, they gave up and left jujitsu alone. But I, I was like one of the main guys trying to save jujitsu from being regulated. Well, I'm glad you did because you saved a lot of people's passions. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, it wouldn't be worse that today if I didn't save it because could you imagine what they did? Is they, One organization would be running it. And everybody would have to go through the state. It would be so expensive to do a jujitsu term. You don't have to get, you'll have to get a judge, I mean, a doctor for every fight, and, and you have to get a doctor and ambulance for every jujitsu tournament. It would have been insane. Like what they did with pancreation, they snuck that through on me because I was doing pancreation from 2000 to 2010. When Camel took over, the guy James Maynard, the one that got me thrown in jail for eavesdropping, well. He, you know what happened to him? He got on the head-on collision. He's dead. He can't ever come out and witness and say anything. Mm. He's dead now. And it's kind of strange. Man. So James Maynard, the one, is, and he's the one that ruled pancreation full contact. Well, he ruled adult pancreation full contact. He didn't rule kids pancreation full contact. Just adults. But if it was full contact, wouldn't you protect the kids before you protect the adults? Right. So they ruled they ruled pancreation full contact in 2010, and there hasn't been one adult pancreation tournament since 2010. When so I've been investigating this, and they don't want it because it will, it will, you know, they really don't have no jurisdiction over it at all. Mm-hmm. And then in 2014, they made a fake video up and sent it to, and they got pancreation for kids as full contact. There's no head strikes. And in the in, in the in their business and profession code, no head strikes like contact. But I can do a I can do a Kyoshinkai karate tournament where I can do a flying knee to the head, jump spinning heel kick to the head, I can do a taekwondo tournament kick to the head, I can do a kickboxing event, call it point kickboxing, punch and kick to the head, and that's all like contact. But if there's pancreation or no head strikes, it's full contact and has to be regulated. The reason why is they want to control it because they know it's entertaining. Right. Uh, yeah, like MMA, but it's no head strikes. Now, for you, what came first? I'm I'm taking that the martial arts came first, but you got into acting. Tell us how you got into acting. Oh, wow. Well, I did judo. I did judo when I was five. And in my whole life, I just did martial arts my whole life. But I got into acting because I stored my octagon cage. Well, the first thing it is, I did a cage of ray. I did a movie called Shoot Fighter. And that was in 92. And they used my design. It was like the octagon cage. Mm-hmm. And it was this was way before the UFC was in a movie called Shoe Fighter. If you see Shoe Fighter, you see the design of my cage used in that movie. And I, I was in a movie called Shoot Fighter. And I played a character called Skeeter. I did a stick fight. They needed some weapon guys to beef up the movie. First, they did Shoe Fighter. And they just had empty hand. It was just on in the boxing ring mm-hmm. and they had to make it exciting. Well, I had my cage designed and designed in my RV and I said, well, if we're using sticks and stuff and weapons, you better make it high so the sticks don't fly out and uh, make an octagon cage because, right. you know, it'd be good for the movie. So they used an octagon cage and shoe fighter. And okay. then after shoe fighter, I did, I did cage of rage. And then, um, 
I, then I had my case stored Baja Films, and then Baja Films hired me, and they put me in a movie called Grupo Tactico Especial, and I did a whole bunch of movies in Mexico, and then I did Magic Kid in California, I did Fist of Honor, I did a whole bunch of crime movies, and I've uh, seen that one, Fist of Honor. That one I have seen. Yeah, yeah, with Sam uh, Jones. Yes. Yeah, Sam. I was in that movie. I did a knife fight with a Bali song knife. And then uh, I did, uh, and then, you know, my ex, my ex, and then my manager was Anthony Mora. He's the one that got my ex, you know, Apollonia from Purple Rain. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That was my ex-wife. Yeah, okay. he got her the movie uh, Purple Rain, and she was going to do Last Dragon or Purple Rain, and I says, I do Purple Rain. Vanity did Last Dragon, and then Patty, they changed it to Apollonia. She did Purple Rain. Okay. I know Mariano has a lot of questions for you. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, cool, guys. Yeah, yeah. A couple of things. Um, a lot of people don't know this, and I, I'm kind of like you. I always like to get my facts, and I, I, I always said tell people I got, I got bragging rights because I, I was there kind of when you started. I remember I fought a. I found that Simone guy. I forgot his name. I was, I was, I wasn't the main event, but I was. Uh, it was my first pancreation fight. Um, it was a close fist to the body and open right. strikes to the head, and that was like crazy for me. Um, that was my first fight actually, and that was at the right. nightclub called uh, the LA Glam Slam. They used to call it, and that was the first time. I, I don't know if Maverick was on that card, but I forgot the name of that Simone guy that I fought. But I lost my his name. Uh, his name was uh, his name was Rich. Rich, yeah, he was a he was a big guy. He was big, 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 big uh, Samoan or Hawaiian, one of those two. Yeah, um, he was Samoan. Yeah, he trained at our place that called Neutral Grounds in Torrance. Yeah. Okay, and then I also tell people that that's where Tap Out started with punk ass and scrape, and that's where he was selling his right. teeth out of his back out of, out of his car for five dollars. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot of history there, you know what I mean? And yeah, well, and, and yeah, Char yeah, Charles, Charles Charles from Tap Out. Right. Yeah, Charles from Tap Out. He he, he came to me and uh, he walked out when I was doing the show at uh at Dancing Waters. I uh he came to my show and he said, Can I sell your tap out shirt in the show? I go, Sure. So he set up and I was on every single night on Cox Cable, right? They were filming it. And it was on every single night on Cox Cable. And he asked if he can sell a t-shirt. And everybody thought it was a tap-out show. And it really kind of made uh, his show. Then he came to me in 2006. And he said, Kaja, can you put a show together in two weeks? And I said, sure. This is 2006. It wasn't even legal in California yet. But they wouldn't bother me. So that's when Jake Shields fought my show, Toby Amada. I mean, it was a great show. Hoist Gracie was there. Tank Abbott was there. Maverick fought that night. He fought Shannon the Cannon, and and they they fought showed their reality show. But what they got me on, they suckered me. They interviewed me at the end, and they said, "Hey, Kasha, can you explain? Can you explain everything about the octagon and how you how I sold my first shirt here and everything?" And I said, "Yeah." I go. Charles walked up the stairs. He sold his first shirt, and he was living out of his car, and and. Uh, and then uh, I said, well, I created the octagon. The reason why I created the octagon is so you can't get pinned in the corner. And I went off like that. But after I said about the octagon, everybody started clapping that we're filming it. 
Well, they did. They used that tape probably to show for cheetahs in the UFC. If they don't get the reality show, they're going to go with me and blow me up. So right then the UFC bought tap out and then Charles was driving a Ferrari and punk ass was getting a Lamborghini and they got paid right off right, right after that uh, show I did for them. And that's up on the website. Yeah. It shows uh, Maverick fought Shannon Cannon. That was the night I, they shot their reality show. Yeah, we interviewed Shannon the Cannon and Maverick. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was crazy how those guys were always rivals uh, on, on cage combat, right? <laughs> yeah, they always would fight each other in cage combat. And then they fought again in Arizona, I think. And uh, Yeah, I put their yeah. battle stats yeah. against each other on their interviews down at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and Shannon's still fighting. That's a crazy thing. What does he have, like 100 fights? I don't know. He's so oh, Shannon, Shannon the Cannon has like, man, he, when he fought for me, he had like a hundred fights. Oh, are you serious? And he, <laughs> yeah, and he's, and he's, yeah, and he's still fighting. Dude, he was fighting. This is 19, year 2006. He must have had like a hundred fights. Wow. Wow. I know he's, I, I yeah, think like, he but, said it was over 200 fights that he had yeah, lost, he's, actually he's lost how many, And he, you know, yeah, I go on Facebook now and I see him. I go, he's fighting in Russia, he's fighting in Mexico, he's doing better. The guy's still fighting. <laughs> That's unheard of, huh, for somebody lasting that long. I mean, all the injuries, you know how it is, bro. Injuries. Oh, yeah, but you know what? You know what? When I was trying to sell this sport, I was the first one really. I was the one going through all the meetings and trying to sell this sport. And the Athletic Commission, they started calling it a blood sport in the commission meetings and really what it is is super superficial wounds you know you can you may see a lot of blood but you're not getting your head damaged as bad as boxing so i said well i'm gonna call boxing a blood sport and i go when you wrap your hands you put a big glove on and you're getting hit in the head for 12 rounds and then stand back up when you get knocked down you're getting brain damage and in mma if you get knocked down you get submitted you're not getting brain damage so I really pushed it, and I, and I, you know, I fought, you know, with boxing gloves. I boxed when I was in Korea, when I was in the service, and I do MMA, and I fought with MMA gloves, and I'd rather get my head hit with an MMA glove anytime than a boxing glove. Thank you for boxing serving. Gloves is, yeah, the boxing glove just rattles your cage. Army? Yeah, you, you know, I was the one in all the meetings. There's no one there. I go to the meetings, and now I'm still going to the meetings, because right now I'm trying to save pancreation from regulation. So I'm going to all the meetings right now trying to save pancreation from regulation. Las Vegas gave me the go-ahead because they really don't want to deal with me because they know me. And then, But Athletics California, they got it through legislature for kids. And I'm still going to fight, and I'm going to try to save pancreation the same way as I saved jujitsu from being regulated. I'm going a, I'm to a fight to save pancreation from being regulated because it shouldn't be regulated because – I mean, it should be a, like pancreation tournaments should be going on all over California. I mean, you go to a quiet tournament every single weekend, but a pancreation tournament, it's really hard because it's so expensive to put on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were you were with uh, you were going against the boxing commission. They didn't know nothing about MMA, right? When they first uh, started. Oh yeah, yeah. Check this out. I have to go. Spanish guy who who was with the commission for a long time, and uh, he gave you a hard time. I remember that. Amanda Garcia, yeah, yeah, then, yeah he got, he got, yeah, Amanda Garcia got caught with three hundred thousand dollars in a locked drawer in the athletic commission. So they got rid of him. They, I got rid of so many commissioners, so many lawyers, so many. I remember Bruce Jenner got on there, and this other guy Cordova got on there. 
when I Bruce started complaining, they quit the next. Yeah, uh, Bruce Jenner was on the athletic commission, and okay. then so was this guy named Cordova from Orange County. Yeah. And when they got onto him, I started emailing them all the corruption going on. They quit the following week. They left. Man, this last meeting, I, this last meeting I went to, I started telling what the commission does, and the guy that was uh, just put on to it, he left, and the lawyer just left, and now they got now that guy uh, uh, Frierson, who's been on the commission for 16 years, is back on the commission. And you're only supposed to serve four years on the commission, and Friar's mm-hmm. been on this for 16 years. Yeah. Oh, so here's what this is. So when I went to the commission meeting, I asked them, I go, hey, none of you guys know about boxing, and none of you guys know about MMA. How'd you get on this commission? And that guy goes, oh, I helped the, govern- I, I helped the governor in this campaign. I thought this would be kind of fun, so I, I went on this commission. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so you and... Right now they have a box. They had one guy on there. His name is Dr. Lemons. He was uh-huh. a jujitsu uh, pur- purple belt. And he was a, a, a karate black belt. And when they were going, trying to regulate pancreation, he spoke up and he said that he's against this for them regulating it. And the following month he was gone. They got rid of him. Oh, that sucks. No, great. Yeah. And then I go. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm, oh, I was I was going to ask, back. where can our listeners follow you at to keep up with everything that you've got going on? Well, if they go on that website, csaclmao.com, uh-huh. and and then go on my website. It's called octagonnation.com. You can go on there and see. Uh, I'm going to start launching Octagon Nation. And Octagon Nation was kind of funny because when I created the word Octagon Nation, uh-huh. And like Raider Nation, I was going to blow it up, uh, and I went all the way. The red, I went registered trademark it. It went all the way to publication, right? Right. And then the the OC protested it with the trademarks office, and right when they protested it, they trademarked it in uh, like four different categories: Octagon Nation, right after me. And then they used to, they had a tour. It was called UFC UFC Fan Tour. Mm-hmm. And, and then they changed it to Octagon Nation Tour when I was fighting the trademark office. And they showed all the buses with Octagon Nation Tour, everything, Octagon Nation, Octagon Nation this. And then after the trademark office shot it down, then they they abandoned all the Octagon Nation and they don't even use it. Oh, wow. Just to ruin, just to, just to ruin me. Well. But, you know, I'm still using, I think it's cease and desist letters from them all the time. And. I want to go to court on this octagon because I, I can prove that I was the originator of it. They don't want me to go to court. Well, for our audience yeah. um, on our a new on our platform, a new Just go to Greg's bio page right there. The interview's also there, but all the links are there provided for you to make it easy to follow him and keep up with everything he's got going on. Greg, I want to thank you for doing what you do to getting these regulations taken care of. Because if it wasn't for people like you, people like us that that like to fight, we wouldn't be able to. So thank you very yeah, much. Thank you for serving yeah, one, too. Yeah. yeah, one thing is, is you know, a lot of people don't know like the true story. Only like the old people know what really went on. And there's a lot of stuff in the background that really went on because mm-hmm. when they made this sport legal in 2006, they hired a guy and I used to call him Armando UFC Garcia. Mm-hmm. You do a show and he'll go up to your show 
and say it's the wrong ambulance and then shut you down. So you lost $250,000 by putting that show on. And then you had guys like, you know, Paul Smith that had, he had pay-per-view and everything also. And he was going to do a show a week before his show, the athletic commission called up and said someone broke into their office and they stole all the records, all the blood work and all the fighters. And therefore, uh, you, you got to redo it all. And, and all these people that were, up there like pride i got stories on pride how mm-hmm. i helped pride you know with the octagon oh, and wow. uh yeah pride that what happened was they made this rule in 2006 it's up on my website you go to the pride story mm-hmm. read the pride story it tells okay. about how pride when 2006 they we were going i went to athletic commission meeting and they were going to prove the sport in 2006 but they said they're not going to allow a boxing ring well, I st- Pride was sitting behind me, and I stood up in the meeting, and I said, you got to prove the boxing ring. You just allowed Draka, which is the m- Russian mixed martial art with throws right. and takedowns in California at the Forum. You allowed San Shao with takedowns and throws. you got to allow Pride to use it with takedowns and throws inside of an octagon. I mean, a boxing ring. So you got to allow mm-hmm. that. So right then, they said, okay, we'll prove the boxing ring. For pride, pride tapped me on the shoulder. Thank you, Kaja. Thank you so much for getting this approved with the boxing ring. And I wanted them to be it because they're the only one that can compete with the UFC in right. 2006. Well, two weeks later, they hired their deputy attorney general, Kirk Hendricks, and he came up to the athletic commission meeting and protested it. And when I went into that meeting, all the commissioners that approved it, they were all gone. There's all new commissioners. So anyone was still there was Frierson was still there and he's been there for 16 years Frierson and they shot down the boxing ring and then I started complaining to the senators and governors mm-hmm. that you should allow boxing ring for MMA and right when they got approved UFC bought pride okay okay well Greg we're, we're out of time on our interview but i wanted to thank you so much for being a guest here on big dog's corner of a new podcast if there is anything you'd like to say to the world what would it be (laughs) it was i have to say man it was a long road to make the sport legal and to save jujitsu but Right now, I'm trying my hardest to save pancreation, so keep upgraded. I'll be putting on it, you know, as soon as pancreation gets deregulated, then I want, I got my goal. Very nice. Very so, nice. And so, I wish you yeah, all the best. And okay. for helping in every way possible. Yeah. Now, for our audience, if you like this episode, be sure to like comment share subscribe to keep up with all a new guest and if you feel fit to buy us a cup of coffee once a month you can do so at our anchor.fm platform under a new podcast until next time this is don piercy and co-host mariana big dog and great so great interview thank you awesome kaja awesome don uh, yes okay anytime you want because anytime you want some more information Just get a hold of me. Sounds good. Sounds good. Kaja, it's been great having you on as a new guest. Keep it, everybody, everybody keep it real. Thanks. Okay. Thank you.